to the mm, sidecar mm, coffee mm, podcast. Mm, mm, mm. Yo, Valentine's Day is coming up. It is. That has nothing to do with our podcast. No, we are not a Valentine's podcast. We'll probably release but, the next episode before then. So, literally the day before. Valentine's Yo, Valentine's Day. coming up though. Uh, uh, my name is Lewis. I'm Caleb, and this is Sidecar. This is the Sidecar podcast. podcast. <laughs> uh, just a friendly reminder: Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, if you have a coffee lover in your life, you should get them coffee. But how do you go about that process of buying someone coffee? Oh, Caleb? that's that's crazy. You asked. You you go. You find a, a coffee roaster online. We recommend Onyx or Black and White. Or check or out wine. or check, check out, out a local place. Or they could listen to our second episode where we talk oh. about. Or we was that cafe? Yeah. No. No, that was no. home. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did mention it. Yeah, it was episode two. You can check out our episode two, second episode. You can check out our second episode <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about some of our favorite roasters, and you can buy from them. And and I don't know why I'm going on this tangent right now. Just very passionate about Valentine's Day, I guess. I guess so. It's on your mind. All right. Uh, so before we get into today's episode, let's drink a sidecar. Let's do it. I think first, what's a sidecar? What is a sidecar? <laughs> so a sidecar is a milk beverage with espresso in our case. And that same espresso that's in that milk beverage is also served on the side so we can taste how milk affects espresso and, and taste it by itself. And really get a, a well-roundedness feel moment. Uh, the word's gonna come to me. A you well-rounded experience, <laughs> experience with the coffee that we have. You'd think by now you would have that down, but I think every time you are getting better <laughs> at it. So it's getting more uh, uh, kind of like what, what's the word? Like uh, I just Fluid? Know the words. Fluid, but also like easy. Easy, more but developed. also like more developed, but also like. All right, let's drink some coffee. Yeah, let's All right, do it. So today, Caleb, do you want to talk about the coffee first before we drink it? Me talk about it. It's oh, your coffee. yeah, it is my coffee. <laughs> I do. I thought we brewed something else. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so this is from Little Buffalo Coffee. You've heard the name before. We've mentioned it. I've mentioned it multiple times. Uh, it, it is uh, Ecuador, uh, from Juan Pena in Ecuador. Um, I think that's Hacienda La Papaya. I think that's the name of the farm. Uh, no, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is... Oh, what variety? Sucks, I don't know. Uh, Typica Mario Hui. Mario Gipe? Whatever it is. Yeah. Is it Mario. that? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Okay. I actually don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I could it pull... Their website it is. Pull it up. <laughs> All right, keep Look talking it about it, though. So, so it is, uh, is a coffee from Ecuador, and... It has, I think it has like notes of like papaya or something like that. Uh, oh yeah, hacienda la papaya. Um, it is, yeah, uh, no, typica mejorado variety, uh, and it's a natural process with uh, tasty notes of strawberry yogurt, juicy ripe mango, pink guava, floral caramel. That's it. Uh, and yeah, so we're gonna taste it. We have it on espresso, and then we also have it with some milk, steamed milk. By the way, we're not just like raw dog and milk in it, you know. That's disgusting. I can't believe. Um, I don't know why, but I taste raisins. It is yogurt. I don't know why. It's creamy. But you're kind of right on that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is raisiny. <laughs> it's a little. It's got like a little bit of strawberryness to it, but it's like more of like a dried strawberry. It's very like dried fruit. Um, it's gelato esque, like oh, some type of. That was a crazy flavor call. Yeah, out of left field. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's drink. Go ahead. No, no all right, drink it, man. I'll drink it. Uh, respect this art. Yeah, it, the art's not as crazy as it has been, been in the past, but... Uh, That's I, nice. Yeah. That doesn't taste at all like the espresso tastes. I'm actually getting a lot of fruit. I'm yeah. Getting, I'm getting that guava. It's like, um, you know when you get, like, those fruit trays, and you can have, like... And for me, it's reminding me of, like, cantaloupe, and you dip it in the... Oh, f in the, yes. In the, like... 
The fruit dip. The fruit, whatever it is. It's just fruit But it's dip. like cantaloupe dipped in fruit dip. It's exactly what it tastes yeah, like. That's, that is. It, well, you said cantaloupe. Man, that really, yeah, that's it. Cantaloupe. Uh, really cool, really interesting. Um, Ecuador is popping off recently. Man. But Pop off, Ecuador. Yeah. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, speaking about um, Ecuador and origins, uh, today's uh, topic of discussion is uh reading a bag reading coffee reading a coffee label um we were gonna go in kind of a different we actually already recorded the episode <laughs> yeah we this is a re-record like uh, full transparency we just our energy was down on yeah the we recorded episode. it uh wednesday night and we both just both had like really long days it was like 8 p.m yeah we were like i'm done and, <laughs> and we we really had like no planning on the episode either so it just we were not really happy with it. Um, no, so not we changed happy at it. All. We changed it a little bit, um, and so we're gonna do. We wanted to touch on origins with you guys because we've had a couple questions come up asking about characteristics of origin, and you know when we talk about Ethiopia, Ethiopian coffee, you know what does that mean? Um, and so we're kind of gonna touch on that, but as well as you know for you guys like getting into coffee and understanding, you know, origin, it's easy to, to kind of bring that up with, with what's on a bag and what's on a label, because this, this, that's where you're going to see, or like names of origins for the most part. Um, and so it's like helping you understand that and what that means, because, you know, when you buy a bag of coffee, you, you don't really, you have a few kind of clues to help you know what it's going to taste like, but realistically, like it could taste like anything, you know? Yeah. Also, I mean, I remember specifically like for me, like getting into coffee, reading labels was hard. There were so many words on there that like, I mean, I, mean, I knew the words because I, I know like the English language, like I'm not an idiot, but um, hey, we, we I don't mean, hate maybe. on illiterate people. I mean, all right. All right then, then I am illiterate. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> just had to get off, off my chest. I feel much better now. Uh, <laughs> but um, we I, I just remember like being really confused when I when I saw certain words and I was like, what does that even mean? And yeah. Oftentimes found myself going and looking up words mm -hmm. and, and Or just trusting like tasting notes too much. Yeah, way too much. So yeah, we're we're definitely gonna dive deep into that, but we also just want we've always wanted this podcast to be a resource for you guys and we also want everything you learn here to be applicable in inside of a cafe, online shop or whatever. Um, you're wherever you're buying your coffee from. We want you to be able to understand it more. Yeah, and so absolutely. And it, yeah, so just like getting kind of a deeper understanding of of what certain origins mean, or what you know, when we talk about a variety of coffee, what even is a variety of coffee, um, and just kind of that. So, so starting off, when you look at most coffee bags, well, let's put it into into perspective here you walk into your local right, cafe yeah, yeah, yeah. right right you're, you're in your local cafe you're shopping for valentine's day you're shopping for valentine's <laughs> day that's dude it's coming up this is a i think you guys are not freaking out as much as i am and you should be maybe i just anyway need to get it together so you <laughs> walk up so to you're a shelf. in a cafe and you're like wow i know a coffee lover and i really want to buy them a bag of coffee but i myself am not much of a coffee person or you're like, wow, I really want to get more into coffee, but I don't know what any of this means, where to start. And so you're looking on the shelf and you see five different options with different labels on the bags. What, what does some of this stuff mean? So we're going to start with usually we, we kind of, I think we kind of have like a oh, I label mean, the, in mind. The, and so we're just kind of run down like yeah. what's going to, what, what is typically on labels. Uh, some 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 roasters put some other things that that is special to them. That's kind of not what we're talking about. We're just talking about basic information that is usually on labels. So we're gonna start with origin. Yeah. So first first off, most of the times with I would say most common on a bag, the biggest thing on the bag is gonna be where the coffee's from. Um, whether that's a country, a farm, um, the name of the farm, or the name of the farmer. So um, you know what does that mean? So obviously. Um, if it's in most of the times, regardless, it's going to have the country of origin. So like uh, where the coffee's grown. Mm -hmm. um, and with we can kind of go like a quick overview of kind of do it. So what's on your mind? I was off the dome. Let's dive into this. Do it. So African, African countries, um, you're going to get fruit forward, jamminess, sweet, tea like, lighter, um, 
but still like really fruity uh um again like just tea like uh but you can also get something that has a little bit more body and like a rare chocolatey sweetness but for the most part like cooked preservatives kind of tasting but all with lighter body yeah uh for the most part you'll see these coffees as single origin or blends you won't really see these on espresso as much unless it's right. like an ethiopia in there trying to add some fruit mm-hmm. um countries that i've been really liking recently are rwanda and you can never go wrong with the ethiopia but no never i think for me and um caleb right now i would say my favorite one of my favorite african origins is probably rwanda rwanda's got a lot coming out right now and it's just it's just been really cool to see like especially I, there, there, there's it oh, this is gonna be this is not gonna make any sense but especially just something about a natural anaerobic rwandan coffee it's just so like mm-hmm. like punchy it's just like like fruit punch and and, and it's got good funk um good rwanda <laughs> <laughs> it's got good funk hey man hey hey man now i said what i said i'm not taking it back and i refuse and then gotta love good funk <laughs> gotta love good funk and so uh in there in there like a song that's like a we got the funk hey gotta have that funk anyway hey, you know uh, what i'm talking nope, you know what i'm nope, talking about all right nope. cool there okay anyways uh and then <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got to say, actually. South American countries. Shut up. You got got the big ones like Colombia and Brazil. Um, Those coffees you most of the time see as espresso coffees. Yeah. Um, Meaning they are roasted a little bit darker. Um, They tend to be more sweet, more traditional. So when you think of coffee, it tastes like coffee. Yeah. Um, You get more chocolates, more nuttiness, uh, the caramels, um, you know, like baking... Yeah, I would say Sugars. that's really. I would say that's more so true for Brazil, uh, Colombia. There's a lot of experimentation going on in Colombia in the past couple years. Yeah, you can get a little bit of everything from Colombia. Yeah, there, there's so much to be had with Colombian coffees. But always, any most coffees from South America do tend to have more body, um, and a little bit like if you go a little bit t- like north, like not so much South America but Central America. You'll get more of like velvety mouthfeels. You'll get like bourbons and stuff like that. Um, better texture. Um, and those will be more tailored towards, I would like, a lot of them are in blends. Um, yeah. Like uh, Costa Rica. Usually, usually you'll find Guatemala. a lot of these coffees being used as the base of a blend. Yeah. And and a lot of times like uh, African coffees are used for uh, to, to as the additional components in blends mm-hmm. to really... Uh, like spice things up, get some fruit forwardness in there. But usually you'll see South American coffees being used for like the base of blends. Usually they have nice, like just sweeter uh, notes to them there. And when they do have fruity notes they're they're usually more so not offensive. Yeah. Not offensive. Very comfortable. Citrusy. Citrus berries, yeah. stone fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so with origin, we're just talking about where the coffee's from. Yes. And, and, and as in, What's a blend? What's single origin? Single origin meaning the coffee is from one yeah. place. Um, There's and, just one coffee in yes. that bag. One type is from this place, and that is it. Um, and, you know, if you go into Ethiopian coffees, they'll have um, co-ops. So a bunch of smaller farms come together and put the coffee they harvested. And then so it's an heirloom single origin. So it's mm-hmm. a mix of local varieties, but it's still grown local and they're all not like conflicting um, right. varieties or anything like that. Yeah, so, so that's really so, the only kind of exception. But it's still yeah. single origin, meaning it's from the same place. Yeah. So, so with with when you're looking at it on on the shelf and and you're you're seeing on this label origin, that is that is just where the coffee's from. That is where it originated. And so, then you'll often see below that around it either the farm or the region that it's from, and regions are usually uh i'm trying to think of some regions uh uh, guji ethiopia prime example yeah so we can just bring up ethiopian like you got shindusa guji Uh, guji um uh, konga sadama um those let's just those are the big yeah those yeah that come to our heads yeah and then um so so uh yergashev that's the one i was trying to think of uh and so those are within ethiopia the country the different regions that they could uh, that the coffee has come from, and mm-hmm. now some of these co- some of these regions are at higher elevations, 
uh, some of these regions are at lower elevations. It, you really do get a lot of variety with Ethiopia specifically, but um, it, then it goes even deeper into that into the farm. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like you just said, there there's co-ops, so so you'll you'll see it kind of uh, marketed as like a heirloom variety and like or um, field blend is like one that I've seen a lot. Uh, and it just means that the, a bunch of farms have come together and but they're and, and all put their lots. To each other. Yeah, yeah, they're all in the same region. They've just put their lots together and and have that. That's how it has been uh, purchased by the roaster. Which and you can ask the question. You know, like I'm buying a coffee from, you know, is this coffee? It's from the same origin, meaning it's from, uh, for example, we're using Ethiopia, but I have one coffee from, you know, Guji, and then I have another one from Conga. Are they going to taste different? Yes. They're going to have similar characteristics. However, like when it comes to like um, unique characteristics of the coffee itself, it will it will like stray from the other one. They'll both have unique things about them just from like where they're grown, how they're grown, how they're processed. But they'll still have similar, I would say more mouthfeel, but like similar tastes in, in body and in kind of like perceived, you know, like yeah different things with the coffee itself like so it would be kind of like familiar to each other but also uniquely different in yeah. smaller ways you ready for the segue you're not ready for this i don't think I am. you ready for this <laughs> so you just brought up a really good word that is often put on bags as well as in correlation with the origin it's the elevation hmm. oh there it is gotcha wow. and and so so elevation it it does actually play a pretty big part in coffee growing, uh, and I'll let you touch more on this. Uh, and just because I want to hear you talk about it, I'm a plant guy off the dome. Uh, yeah, big plant guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, elevation does greatly affect coffee. Um, what you see with um, high elevations, you see lower temperatures, um, less oxygen available to the plant, and um, which you know for photosynthesis, you don't necessarily uh, need oxygen, but uh, slower developmental process, which means, um, greater kind of complexity within the coffee itself, just because it gets more time to develop. You don't have to deal with as many pests. You don't have to use as many like growing techniques that alter the plants, um, you know, growing. So now Lewis, isn't there something within coffee that, that deters pests? Yeah, caffeine. There you go. <laughs> it's a it's fun fact. Caffeine is is used. It's it's, it's a natural uh, pest repellent uh, for for coffee, and that's that's how that's why coffee has caffeine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and at lower elevations where there's more pests, there's a greater there's caffeine content. Greater caffeine content. So you'll see that. Yeah. With, it's and it's minor. It's not it's like so minor. It's yeah. not like higher elevation coffees are decaf, but uh, right. There's just smaller caffeine content, um, but with those higher elevations, with there not being so so much pests, and the, and the the plant itself is not having to fight for its life so much, there's just more development, and yeah. it just overall. Most of the times, you'll see a correlation between cup score and higher elevation. So, yeah. uh, with high elevation, you can get um, a higher quality coffee. So, um, if you ever see like pretty much, I would say, what is it like, sixteen hundred. Meters above sea level? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say and above is considered high elevation. Yeah, above 1,600. Uh, and really, I, I've really only seen it max out at like 2,100. Mm-hmm. And that's 21, with 22. most like Ethiopian coffees, yeah, just, I would say, is more common. Yeah, and then and, and then also what you see, and, and then talking about cup score, because that's something you just brought up, I just want to clarify cup score. It, it's very much like wine scoring. So for those out there that are listening well, and any, don't understand any what cup scoring. Any crop, too, like in yeah. any industry, like you – you still you still score cotton really yeah i didn't know that uh-huh. that's crazy mm-hmm. well yes but uh but I, I think the most familiar one being either wine or beer scoring um and and how it works is it's it's on a 100 point scale starting it for specialty it's 80 and up heard 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 so for specialty, it's 80 and up. So that's kind of the, the range that we talk about a lot and that we'll be referring to. Uh, but the, but that's all it is. Cup score is nothing more than just people getting together, tasting coffee, evaluating it, and giving it from 80 and above in specialty coffee. And so that just kind of gives the 
the people who are buying the coffee um, a, a price to pay, basically. Um, yeah, and then farmers can use that as leverage to if they have a 95-point coffee, that's worth a lot more yeah. than, than an 83, and then, obviously. Yeah, so um, going back to circling back. Circling back. So elevation. Uh, elevation, we have uh, origin, um, and then the farm is just kind of like something you know it's it's nice to see that the farmer is getting recognition for the coffee that they grew i think yes. seeing the farmer's name on the bag or the name of the farm is awesome i would definitely look out for that and not just the name mm-hmm. of the origin that it's from i would um me personally i always look for that when i'm buying coffee i want to see the person who grew it just that means that the the roaster themselves had a relationship in buying the coffee to where they knew who they were buying the coffee from yeah, and, and so, that could be yeah. there. There can still be a middleman there, but and then also it means that the the roaster could have also taken time to research that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not hard necessarily to get that information depending on who you're sourcing from, but it it's it's an extra effort on the roaster's yeah, part. Yeah, and it just shows that the exporter cares and that yes. the roaster cares. Um, so you know, showing recognition, showing uh, transparency, um, just ensures better relationships and sustainability within the industry, which is what you know you should look for. Always. In supporting anything, so so uh, then also, so we got origin. There's possibly the region on there, the farm, and then now we we've seen elevation. So we're like, all right, now we're moving into the variety of mm-hmm. the coffee. So what is variety, Lewis? Uh, so you varieties are in in any type of plant. You'll see this, you know, even in you know, for example, corn. You know, there's sweet corn, there's popcorn, there's a bunch of different types of corn. So obviously, within every, you can even look at apples. There's Honeycrisp, Gala, Fuji, Fuji, Granny Smith. Those are all separate varieties of yeah. a species. Um, and so, coffee is the same thing. And so, coffee is is a big it the the name I guess of the the genus of coffee is coffea. Um, sixty or seventy percent of the world's coffee. The coffee that we're drinking is coffea arabica. Is the the official yeah scientific name of of coffee and, and arabica and coffee just being you'll see that on bags all the time. Yeah, even McDonald's. Will. Yeah, even they, they have hundred percent arabica. And then also mostly within specialty coffee and and third wave coffee, which is where we heavily focus in. You'll it's it's more it's it's heavily arabica yeah now there the other side of it being robusta or robusta there's robusta labirica yes um there's um, an l1 eugenoides and we already said you st- uh, steriflua uh no uh, uh <laughs> stenophilia sten- uh, <laughs> uh stena stenophilia yeah. stenophilia i Stenophil- don't know anyway regardless these are all separate species of coffee yeah um, and we're, we're in this episode, we're talking about, uh, Arabica being yeah. the specific epithet of the coffee. And then, so that's how we're kind of filing this down. We're in the coffea genus talking about the specific epithet of Arabica coffee. And then if you were to look at the variety would come after. And so, you know, there's so many different varieties and these there's all are more common in different growing regions. Um, and they all affect taste greatly. Um, you know, tasting a, a Tipica and a Bourbon, for example, are going right. to taste different. So I, I think the the biggest variety that for and and I, I guess I kind of know why people know it. it's it's because it, people have said it. You know, it's the most expensive, most rare variety is Geisha mm. or Geisha. You'll see that a lot. Not spelled, yeah. But uh, and I think that's the the one that's most commonly known. And like people that even aren't into coffee that I talk to sometimes, like they even know geisha, and yeah. it's usually they, from from TV shows or or articles or, or the news where they're just talking about this geisha coffee sold for is like two hundred and forty dollars a cup, and it's like yes, that's out there, but that's not all geisha. Like yeah. we drink geisha coffees all the time, and we don't. And that's that's just a high score. Yeah. uh, From Bukit. I mean, for example, that's one of the highest purchased coffees ever was a uh, a Panamanian Geisha from I want to say it's Alita Estate has it. Yeah. And it was two hundred five dollars a cup. I want to I can't remember the price it sold for per pound, but it's ridiculous. I mean, it is which, you know, um, you know, if there's a market for it. Absolutely, but uh, that's not what this episode is about. We're just talking about yeah. variety. So uh, this is kind of something that 
is personal preference. I, yep. you know, for example, for me right now, my favorite variety um, is pink bourbon. Uh, it's yeah. primarily a Colombian rever- variety. Um, and I have, I think I have three pink bourbons right now. Wow. I don't even know how you, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well also, and, and I think variety is something that shouldn't be looked too heavily into to, to, for, to make like a purchasing decision. I think one, you, you sh- when you see a new variety that you don't know, you should pick it up and try 100%. it just to expand your palate on it. And then, and, and it's really something that people will use a lot, like, like pink bourbon, like, let's say pink bourbon, like, let's say Lewis is like hardcore I only buy pink for bones. Well, there's a whole market out there that you're mm-hmm. missing. Like you're yeah. not even getting to experience that. And I really like, I think really digging into certain varieties is not the way to go. Well, not, you know, I not, just don't lean on it yes, so much. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I get that for sure. Like making sure to sure diversify but, your purchases and stuff, but yes, but you it know, is still having that preferences is... and knowing like you walk into a shop, I don't know what to get on pour over. Oh, they have a pink for bone easy you know what i'm saying yeah yeah okay but it, so so you're saying you're saying like it use it as like it's it's a comfort thing like yeah. if you if you see this pink per bone and you've had pink per bone before and it's a new cafe then it's like okay i want to see how they brew this pink per bone yeah i see what you're saying but and but as well you know if they have a a process <laughs> dude <laughs> Sorry, you didn't even turn your head. I, I didn't. Uh, I'm sorry. If they it really have came like, out of shock. if they have a new variety, for example, go like the Tipica Mariorado that we tried. Uh, I completely maybe butchered that, but you know, I'd want to try that as well. So it's you know all in perspective, but again, it's not necessarily you know a a purchasing no. like turn off or whatever. Yeah, if I you mean see now a now if you know specifically that the person you're buying for for this Valentine's Day or yourself like you're, you're just that that person or yourself is 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 into geisha coffees and has talked about it before then it can or be have a purchasing never, decision or have never tried one or have all, it has talks about wanting yeah. to try it right that then it can be a purchasing decision but for example when we tasted this coffee today i didn't even know what variety it was um and because i didn't look into that yeah. I just did, Most that, of the that's time, not the purchasing decision yeah. it's would, good information yeah. to know but it's not why i made the purchase so i really think varieties we, we, we're kind of just going over it because it is something that is on labels, but I wouldn't lean too heavily mm-hmm. on it. So if you want to, you know, e- expand your knowledge and, and, and look into it more, definitely do. I highly encourage that. Um, but at the same time, like, don't, don't I would stress. Say don't fret. When me and Caleb are looking into buying coffees, I would say we look at origin and process are the two kind of most important parts of it. We don't know really, most for the most part. We won't look into variety. Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't as much. Like obviously, it's nice to know. And if you like something and you know, like I look at it after. It's like, oh, I've had this before. Oh, I've never had this variety. It's like it's not like I'm purchasing a coffee based off that. Right. Yeah. And so to transition, what's process? Oh, that was a good segue. <laughs> wow, it's just that was nice. Good segue. Yeah. 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 Uh, so processing is is how the coffee goes from the cherry and gets prepared for export. Uh, and so Yeah, and so I just want to touch on like yeah. explaining that word a little bit. And so the agriculture industry as a whole, for the most part, is cut up into kind of four categories. You have farming, which is, you know, actually harvesting the crop. You have processing, which is preparing the, the crop for production. Production being the next step which is getting it towards the next step, which is, you know, to the customer and selling the product. Right. So you have farming, processing, production, and then finally selling to the market. Cool. Um, and so when you talk about processing, it is what happened after the coffee was picked to the point of transportation to, in this case, the producer being the roaster. So yeah. talking about processing is just... Um, the unique kind of, I, I hate to use this word again, but like process that happened to the coffee, preparing it for production. Right. And so with that, there are three categories. And I'm going to, there, there, there's, there's more categories. categories. These are, However, there, these there are the are, three biggest ones that you kind of yes, need to worry about. There are three big categories that then have little subcategories within them. But I'm We're just, just going to, I'm, I'm literally going to, I'm literally going to crash course this. Like call me John Green. I'm about to cra- crash course this. Sure, All right. John Green. So. We're going to start off with washed coffees. So a washed coffee, wash process, is when the cherry 
the fruit on the coffee, the green coffee itself is fully removed. Now, some some origins use water to assist with this. Some origins use a, a depulping machine. It, it, there's there's various ways that they can do it. And then with that wash process, after the cherry and the fruit and the mucilage is completely removed, they set it on usually raised beds, sometimes concrete uh, patios uh, in the sun uh, to, to sometimes fully rooftops, dry. Yeah, sometimes rooftops, yeah, various different items. But yeah. it's just it's, it's just to dry the coffee um, cherry the coffee seeds yes. out. Um, to then get to green hit, coffee. Yeah, to hit right. a moisture content so then they can ship it off and it can be roasted. Yep. <clears throat> and then there's the natural processing. Natural processing is where they, after it's been picked, they leave the cherry on in its, in its entirety and they set it to dry with the cherry on, which then uh, results in fermentation, which then results into the breakdown of certain sugars and then overall can affect the coffee's flavor. Mm. Um, typically, natural coffees are a little more fruit forward, sometimes funkier, some good boozier, funk. some good funk, <laughs> and, and 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 a little boozier, and, and 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 so there is an effect there. And then we meet somewhere in the middle, and this is the honey process. Um, sometimes known as I think it's sometimes known as wet hold. Um, so you'll see that, which I I I don't know I I don't know I, I, well I do know. But I don't know why it's often referred anything. to. I don't know why it's referred to as that. I don't know. <laughs> but um, honey processing. Now, in honey processing, there's no honey used. No honey involved. No honey involved. Absolutely none. Uh, and so with honey processing, it is kind of a little middle point between washed and natural where they remove the husk of the cherry, but they don't remove the mucilage. And they let that fruit stay in contact with the, the coffee seed and then they set it to dry, which then also, like the natural processing, uh, ferments and 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 breaks down certain sugars within the green coffee structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, yeah. So those those are the big three. Yeah, and, and now so within these, there are of, other categories. Yeah, I want to break down mucilage for a second because it can kind of be confusing on what okay, the heck yeah. that is. Uh, it's just the casing around the seed itself, um, containing mostly like sugars and things for. Um, and it's just kind of like this little layer of, of sugars and different things for the seed. Uh, I want to compare it, you know, like when you have like a, a, like a chair, like a literal, the fruit, the cherry. And wait, wait, wait. It's like the little casing of also let's clarify random stuff. Coffee is a fruit. It do be a fruit. It do be a fruit. It grows inside of a cherry. Like mm-hmm. that. That is there's not. There's two coffee. There's two coffee seeds in each cherry. In each cherry, facing each other. Yes. And um. And the the processing is getting it out of that cherry. Yeah. And then getting it to production. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. A lot of people freak out. But what? Yeah, it, what? <laughs> it's a, a fruit. Cherry? <laughs> what? It's healthy. No, you you can't eat a coffee cherry. You can eat a coffee cherry, and there are a lot of people that do when they go to Origin, and uh, it th- people have said it's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I personally never had one, uh, and I really would love to try it. Uh, but there's not a lot of fruit when it comes to the no. cherry itself. It, it's a very small layer of fruit around these two yeah. big seeds. So yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. I don't I don't know if we actually have said that. No, in, in but yeah, past it's a fruit. episodes and it's fruit. beans or seeds. Beans or seeds, not 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 beans. No frijoles. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get into tasting notes. It's beans. <laughs> let's get into uh, tasting notes. And so with variety and processing, you'll find kind of similar um, tasting notes, but for the most part, mm-hmm. roast does have to. Ooh, let's talk about roast. First. Well, hold on. Roast Taste, tasting roast notes does affect tasting notes. It does. So tasting notes is is it's simply things that the roaster or, or roasting team have placed on the bag to to give you an overall a flavor brief profile, description, a yeah. brief description, and the, the overall flavor profile of the coffee. Now, this this is really big, and this is something that me and Lewis like stand by, live by. Tasting notes are subjective. Mm-hmm. It it one hundred percent that is that's not arguable. What what Lewis tastes, what I taste, what 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 the cat outside tastes 
are different. There's mm-hmm. not actually a cat outside. I have been sneezing though, so I, I actually believe there's, there's a cat somewhere. outside. There's a cat somewhere. I think Lewis has a cat. Uh, 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 so, uh and so, um, meow. Sorry, right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were over. It, man. All right, uh, tasting uh, notes. Tasting uh, notes. Yeah, don't lead a purchase off of you know this coffee tastes like we talked about it in a separate episode, but like if. The coffee says fruit punch, and you buy it, and you brew it, and it doesn't taste like fruit punch. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Please don't be mad. Because it's still good. It's still good. Even it's still got me. Like, it's, punch, and also, it's like, fruit still... punch, it's st- it's still going to taste like coffee. Like, yeah. don't 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 go into it You look at all the things we gonna... talked about separately. So Yes. Uh, so, tasting notes. How do they get tasting notes? Mm. And that's where we can go on to roast, I think. So, roasting coffee, and this is a very, like broad description of it there's light roast there's medium roast there's dark roast now there's a lot of arguments going on in the coffee industry right now arguing against putting light medium or dark because it is a spectrum yeah one person's medium could be another person's dark and another person's light could be someone's medium yes yeah so so what one roaster considers a light roast there's not a baseline could be like there there isn't there's not really a way to make baseline unless you get like some type of equipment that can read other random things within the roasted yeah, coffee. A it's a, and it's also like the the SCA, the Specialty Coffee Association, would have to get really digging deep and say this exact yeah, temperature be and time and, and all this, this yeah. development of the inside of the bean is considered a light roast, which then no one would follow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that's, uh, and yeah. so after after roasting, what whatever. So usually, in a roastery, in a coffee roastery, there's the roaster. Um, sometimes multiple roasters, depending on how much production this or volume they're doing. Uh, and then every week, the uh, roasting team will have what's called a cupping. And this is where they grind the coffee, place it into little bowls, and they fill that with hot water. It's just kind of a... It's a very it's the uniform most, way yeah. to brew coffee and compare coffee Without like subjective results. Yes, with, without, with without any human error. Like it's the yeah. way to take out as much human error as possible because all you are doing is pouring water over coffee and, and then you're tasting it with, with spoons. And so um, so usually the, the team will get together, they'll, they'll roast a coffee, um, and they'll do multiple cuppings of that same coffee to get the tasting notes and 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 those tasting notes are what everybody is like can can uh everyone can uh, kind of unanimously say this tastes like this reminds me of this lemon and milk chocolate finish right so but uh, yeah so that's how they get flavor descriptions for a coffee yeah and then and for example it can be correlated to you'll see more chocolate caramel sweetness with a, a medium roast yeah where you'll get kind of more fruity more like tropical fruits because they tend to have more acidity with lighter roast yep um but you can still meet in the middle and you can still get both out of both styles of roast it just depends on what the roaster is going for depends on the coffee itself and you know the brewing method that you did it but tasting notes are just kind of a, a an easy way to describe the coffee um, it like coffee's kind of main characteristics, and so this is like we could honestly talk about also, that for a while. I will say, tasting notes is is one way that me and Lewis first getting started kind of bought coffee. Like yeah, when only, yeah. when coffees had like when we saw a Columbia that had notes of yeah, I want to uh, say blackberry, yeah. raspberry, uh, and, and and mango. We were like, okay. We've had a coffee that had some raspberry notes in it before. Maybe we'll like that. So I really do think tasting notes can be used as a purchase guide, like to to be like, okay, well, last time I had a coffee that had tasting notes of raspberry, I liked it, so I might like or this one if from a, a coffee like, <laughs> If a coffee says tastes like black licorice and you hate black licorice, maybe, maybe stay away from it. But maybe also, try like, it. Maybe it try it. Like maybe else. buy it for the person that you're actually buying things for for valentine's day and then you, could try it. And then you get a little sip in there just because you want to brew it with it's each other it's not black it's licorice delicious. it's delicious oh oh all right oh all right <laughs> um, all right we are 40 minutes in 40 it's uh all right so wait, we got it we kind of talked about everything well no we didn't because going off of roasting is the roast date 
Oh, crap. very important thing to talk about here. So on a label, oftentimes should. Uh, OK, this is something that every roaster should have on their bags. And if they don't, I, I would be I would be worried. OK, if you don't Somewhere, see a roast date, if you see a Best Buy date, maybe put the bag back down. Yeah. So what's the difference there? Roast date is when the coffee was roasted. Best Buy dates, you'll find a lot in grocery stores where they won't give you the date that it was roasted. They'll just tell you, oh, well, this is good three years from now, but you don't know when it was roasted. Yeah. It could have been roasted a year before, and you're looking at it on the shelf now. Always always try to find the roast Because you don't want to buy old coffee. You don't want to buy old coffee. Coffee's kind of taste good for, I would say, probably like max two months after roast. Two and a half, I'd say. I, I, before I, I it starts to go degrade and, and lose yeah. kind of some it, nice it aroma compounds and it's people, not going to get the full taste of what the coffee was supposed to what taste people like. usually describe as stale yeah stale coffee nobody um, likes that and so yeah looking for coffee that has a roast date is yes. is very important also and if it's also not, on not there, being don't be don't need the freshest coffee no oh my god do not do not so yeah little fun fact about some roasting science here coffee needs minimum a week to degas and after roasting and to really showcase its full potential and flavor profile because in the roast roasting pro like in the most bare kind of non-scientific like stuff bad like stuff is stuff a lot of stuff happens during the roasting process it does a lot of stuff and this affects <laughs> this affects this affects the this flavor funny and uh the more kind of you know a week two weeks after roast is t- it's where letting it out. these bad things Go away. They're, bye. Bye. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. I would say, like, in for lighter roasts, it's a little bit more picky on when the coffee's at its quote-unquote peak. Yeah. Um, but, and it's also a cool way to taste coffee. You know, buying coffee right. a week off roast, two weeks off roast, a month off roast, it's cool tasting how the coffee develops. And that mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but it, it is right. cool now, how the coffee now, literally tastes different. We're not saying that it's completely acceptable for a roaster to have bags on the shelf that are two months old, no. right? But we are saying like if it's a week off roast or five days, if, if like or... if it's if if you're going in on February first because Valentine's is coming up, <laughs> and it was roasted on January fifteenth. It's still fine. Yeah, you can buy it. Buy it. Okay. And and it's actually probably better than than if you You went got it on January. I've literally bought coffee before. It was roasted like two days ago, and I've had it sit on my shelf for a month before I tried it. Yeah. It's just like it. Let it rest. Let it rest. Resting is great for. But it's also also at this on the same on the same side. Don't be scared to taste coffee if it was roasted three days ago. It's still gonna taste fine. Oh yeah. It's just not going to taste. And actually, it's a really cool experience yeah. to buy coffee that was roasted three days ago and then see how it progresses yes. and how the flavor profile changes mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. So so we're not we're not saying, OK, hold on, some c- conflicting things here. We're not saying <laughs> don't buy freshly roasted coffee. We're just saying that it's not you don't the need, end of the world. You don't need freshly roasted coffee. It's not the saying. end of the world if... You don't have coffee that was bagged in the cooling tray and then handed to you. Yes. Like, it, it's not that big of a deal, okay? You don't need fresh off roast. You don't need fresh off roast. L- l- it's all right if it's sat It should not be a purchasing decision. It shouldn't basically. be. So. But if it's two months old, put that joint back down. Put that joint down. <laughs> and then, so, moving on from roast date. Roast date is a big, important thing. Uh, so we kind of hit everything on labels. And I, re- I really hope you guys, like... Got it and understand. We we if you have we any questions, ramble. we did ramble. definitely um, kind of you know please message us either either message us or or just just do some further research. Like I'll always go and do uh, research. We'll kind of wow, I but really we we covered we covered a lot on that that we often see on labels. Now I do want to quickly say some of the fa- some things that we like to see on bags labels. So I'm gonna let you start. Uh, first and foremost, I love to see transparency on a bag. Boom. If you see a company, um, that has transparency details on their website, so they'll be like for heart coffee roasters, for an example, has a transparency report. A lot of, um, you know, really cool roasters will have 
that on their websites um, available. Being, so you what can are they look being at, transparent about? Uh, so you look at um, you know green costs. So how much they paid for the coffee? How much transportation costs? Um, how much roasting costs? And how much profit they're making? Yeah. Um, and so this is really really nice to see. So you know you can see first and foremost that the farmer is getting paid for the work that they did. Yes. Um, and second of all, that they're not just trying to make a huge profit off, off of, of you, off of you. Yeah. Um, and so that's just awesome to see. And then, and also that a company is not scared to put that out there. Uh, yeah. That, that just I mean, kind of means that they're, you transparency know, transparency in general, not just talking coffee is, is rare to see in any company. Yeah. Right. Like, so, so it's just nice to have that extra little tidbit on there about like, Hey, this is why our coffee is priced so high yeah. because let's be real third wave specialty coffee is a higher price point yes and that is often a turnoff for people please don't let it be there is a reason and when they give you that reason it's really nice it yeah, is so nice absolutely. to see and you know yeah just making sure that the farmer is getting paid for for all the things that they do um and you know you want to you should want to support sustainable practices and that's just an awesome thing to see from roasters uh also looking for and we can talk, we'll most definitely talk about this in another episode, but looking for the certified B corporation. Um, yeah. Certain roasters will have this. This basically means that they are are strictly um, focused on sustainability and transparency within the company. It's a whole kind of process you have to go through. But, um, and you'll see that with a lot of um, kind of really, really cool, um, just showing that their 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 values and stuff are, are surrounded around you know, sustainability. I'm going to keep talking about it and just like caring about the industry as a whole yeah, um, and bettering it. So those are things definitely to look out for. I would say, you know, like heart for an example, has a transparency report say on every single one of their bags has the amount that they paid yeah, a little, um, they September, September in Canada. They, uh, Ilse, who I just bought from, yeah. these are all just the ones that, Onyx, you know, Onyx does a really yeah, good job with transparency. It's usually job. on their website. So mm -hmm. wherever you bought what, the page that you were at to buy that coffee, to click add to cart, scroll down, you'll yeah. see some costing. Metric out of Chicago. Yeah. Very, very good companies doing some great things. Uh, and then I think also one, something nice to see, I'm just a little, I, I, I'm really, I like marketing. And so I really want to see some cool designs in a yeah. label. I really want to see effort put in. I, I want to see on their website. If you see like pictures of the farm of the coffee and its process, like these are all just like more transparency just things. things. That we like to see, but yeah. yeah, bag design. You know, caring about what you're putting out there. Yes. Um, you, and Caleb, you know, give us some examples. What are your favorite? Uh, what are your favorite coffee bag designs? Uh, uh, let me go. Uh, favorite of all time, coffee bag. Oh. Why did this all of a sudden get Dude, uh, my really hard? Going like I don't even know. Where did it? Why? Why is it every right. time? So I, get I asked? think I think for me, I'm gonna go back to say I think their their boxes are awesome. Um, everything's recyclable, and they give you that card, and it's so much information on that card, which is really nice. It looks clean. You know, you can tell a say coffee from from pretty much anywhere. So I would it say for me, yeah. for me, it's clean, it's nice, it's not distracting, it, but it's really, it's really cool, and it shows all the information I want to know. I think I'll have to say, and they have say, ha. Ah, I think I'll have to say my favorite packaging that I've seen probably is. Oh God! I think I, I okay. You can do it. Final answer. You can do it. Monogram coffee in Canada. Their bags are tough. They got the cool like, like you go look it up. Scrub. Lewis just like rushed to his computer because he's like, I don't remember. They have a really cool pattern and, and a really cool like just overall branding, uh, cohesive branding with their bags. I think their bag designs are sick. Um, what? You disagree, bro? It's, it's all. Right. I mean, yeah. Cool. Look, look at the look at the patterns. The patterns are nice. It's it's just sleek and it, and it's it's uniform, and and it's cohesive branding. I like it. All their bags are nice, but also September coffee. Yeah, their stuff's cool. Yeah, September the, coffee. The little the, like the winter tag bags. You can get. The 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 ones that they had for like winter were sick. They were just like all white and like they had like a kettle pouring out little snowflakes. And then they have a little card on the back that has its own little pouch. 
It's really nice. I also like I'm, I I said monogram because that's the first thing that came to my mind. I really like I'm blinking so hard. Oh, middle state. Yeah, middle states are clean. Actually, yeah, middle state stuff. <laughs> How did I not think of that? I like don't know. land speed is one that I, we've bought a lot before. Um, middle state coffee. Okay, well then, yeah, that's my answer then. Middle state coffee, out of Colorado, they're great. I was gonna. Th- I, is it mythical? Yeah. Are you thinking about like the uh, Arizona? Yeah. Have, Have you ever ordered specs. from them? Yeah, we did. I want to say, I really like. I don't know. I like the simple stuff. Like look, Dax stuff is really cool. La Cabra. La Cabra, obviously. Um, Onyx. I mean, Onyx. we got to shout out Onyx. Onyx. I think Their packaging's Onyx. awesome. They just don't have resealable bags. <laughs> that's that's like <laughs> on come the on, pod? come on. Wow. Please, yeah, please, okay. Please have some resealable, resealable bags. bags. It, that's I it. understand that you have that little box, but that man, like that does not. I just not want a zipper, man. It's just it's it's maybe it's a me thing, maybe it's a you thing, but I don't think so because I've heard this complaint from a lot of people. But Onyx is never going to change it. They actually comment on Instagram posts saying like, "We're not going to change it." So <laughs> they're, they're very <laughs> all they're, right. So those are our it. favorites. So, um, so yeah, those are yeah, mine say for sure. Okay, I I I'll go Middle State. I really think Middle State and Brandywine. Mm-hmm. I think Brandywine just the artwork. The bag design's really cool. The artwork they put is a lot nice. of stuff on their labels. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's it. All right, I think. So hopefully you can use yeah, this information, you can, apply it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you made it through the whole thing and you like listening to us. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we kind of rambled a little we bit. We do. We do ramble. But a we lot. appreciate you guys. But we appreciate. It. This is all <laughs> off the dome, okay? Uh, and 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 we appreciate you guys. Thanks for all the love on Instagram and, and just the pod in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see you the episode before Valentine's Day. Wow. Monday. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> no. So so hopefully Rude. you guys can. Can can take this information, apply it, and and you're not you're not intimidated by bags anymore. Mm-hmm. Just also, it is very intimidating. It is very intimidating, but they're just bags. And it's yeah, they're they're inanimate objects. They're just and bags. now you know more about them. Yeah. So now you're a big master. <laughs> big master. <laughs> big master. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. Oh, so we'll much. catch you guys next week. We enjoy will. brewing coffee. Yeah. And enjoy brew something good. Brew something with love. And For Valentine's it. Day. For Valentine's <laughs> hey, Day. Hey, yo. All right. Oh, yeah. All right, we're gone. We're out. Bye.